0: Hey guys, Dan Bronstein here. I just wanted to take a second to thank every one of you guys for subscribing to our amazing podcast and sharing this podcast with as many people as you can possibly find if you're a doctor By all means, get the word out. If you're a parent, share with your friends, share with your skeptical neighbors, share with anybody who you think could benefit from chiropractic care. It is our mission, vision, and purpose to normalize not only chiropractic care, but natural healing solutions for everybody in our community so that our children will grow up healthier than us. If you get a chance, go to our Facebook page, go to our Twitter feed, Go to our Patreon page and check out what other amazing opportunities they are for you as subscribers to the podcast. And I hope you guys truly, truly enjoy season two. It's been an amazing, amazing process getting all these interviews down. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know you will. Thank you guys and continue doing what you're doing. love you all. Take care. Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you, it will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you're interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's pepprime.com, or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. and welcome to the second season of the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Now, guys, for our first episode of this season, I I thought it would be only appropriate to bring on a friend of mine, an amazing colleague, uh, a mover and a shaker in the world of uh, chiropractic pediatrics, Dr. John Minardi. Awarded Chiropractor of the Year in 2011, Dr. John is the creator of Minardi Education, an innovative educational series which focuses on increasing certainty in the power of chiropractic. For the past 15 years, Dr. Minardi's primary interest has been to understand the neurology of the vertebral subluxation complex and apply this information in a clinical setting for chiropractors and patients. Dr. John brings a unique blend of passion, intensity, and excellent teaching skills in order to explain in a practical manner the vertebral subluxation complex's segmental and global neurological effects that occur in the body. In addition to his busy lecture schedule, uh, which I am uh, (laughs) very aware of, Dr. John, Dr. Minardi (laughs) operates a full-time practice in Oakville, Ontario. Dr. John, thank you so much for being with us for our second season opener. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's dig in, uh, Dr. John. Uh, in our pre-chat, uh, you and I talked uh, about what it seems like we always kind of talk about when you and I are together, which is the <laughs> neurology of vertebral subluxation, which is, you know, right. honestly, it's it's one of my... Um, my, my deep passions, uh, understanding, you know, how vertebral subluxation not only affects the spine, how it affects the the peripheral nerves, but more than, than that, how it affects the brain. Right? Um, right. I think one of the things that you and I probably both see in our practice predominantly is uh, is cognitive and developmental uh, effects uh, when it comes to things like vertebral subluxation. And I've, I've right. taught this concept, uh, a bit lately since you and I, I talked, um, as it pertains to some traditional chiropractic philosophic constructs. Um, I've gone back to Stevenson, which is one of our, um, you know, early chiropractic philosophers. And I've looked right. for, uh, anything that can give us clarity on, on the, the brain, uh, the, the sub, the effects of subluxation on the brain. And, um, honestly there isn't a lot there uh and it's i think it's because the science has been it's been uh, it's adapted you know and it's grown so much over the past uh, almost 100 years um i'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of what we know now uh for the parents listening and uh and go from there
1: absolutely i mean um it's funny that you bring up Stevenson because, I mean, I have his textbook in that bookshelf right behind me, and I'm reading a philosophy textbook here as well. But uh, the, the, the funny thing is, and, and I a lot of people like to label me a science guy, and, and I really want to make this clear. I am not a science guy. I am not a neurologist. I am not a researcher. I am a practicing chiropractor. I do a lot of reading in neurology, and I do a lot of reading and research, but I don't want to claim to be anything that I'm not. I'm just a regular chiropractor who tries to understand what we do day-to-day in our clinic because i i firmly believe the more you can understand the more people you can help and educate and so that's why that's why i do what i do but um there is a gigantic change in the information that we know now than we did a hundred years ago and and i mean really that should be with every profession right there should be some form of advancement in a hundred years and the big thing is is back in our pioneers days uh they 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 had a lot of theories and they thought of things going on but they they really didn't know but these days now we have a better understanding of what's happening and just like we were talking before we started today a, a lot A lot of what we're seeing now is that when a chiropractor adjusts a a, a vertebral segment, uh, he is or she is putting tremendous positive information into the brain. And and I think before we even get into that, I think for our listeners and for our chiropractors and for our, our parents out there, I think it's important for everyone to know that when someone is subluxated, when they have that misalignment in the spine, that that itself floods the brain with negative information and that negative information causes a stress response to occur in the brain so a lot of people ask me um you know how does that happen just by having a vertebrae move and i I want people to know that two types of stresses send that negative information to the brain number one it's a physical stress because as you can imagine the distortion of all that happening causes that negative information to come to from a physical level but also we have an accumulation of inflammation inside the joint so that sends a chemical stressor to the brain as well because if people aren't aware of this there are chemicals inside of inflammation that sole job is to irritate the nervous system so that sends negative information to the brain That negative information, when it gets to the brain, the brain looks at this and says, holy cow, this is not good. So how can I protect the body? That's basically what the brain is always saying. Give me the information and I will do something accordingly. So if it's getting sent negative information from that vertebral subluxation, the brain says, how do I protect the body? Well, the very first thing that it does is it puts the body into a flexed position. So for my parents out there, if you look, just look at your kids, if you see them all hunched over, what I need you to understand is that's not necessarily because they're in front of a computer all day or or texting on their phones all day. Those are aggravating factors. Don't get me wrong. Those, Those are not great, but that's not necessarily why they're that way. Why they're that way is the brain is putting them in that position because it's saying, let's protect the body. So sometimes people ask me, well, why would the body go into flexion for a protective response? Well, think of it this way. If I took a baseball bat in my hand and I walked up to you and I threatened to hit you with the baseball bat, what would you do? You would flex, right? You would duck to try to avoid getting hit. And if I actually hit you with the baseball bat and you dropped to the ground and I went to threaten you again to hit it, what would you do then? You would tuck into a fetal position, right? So the main storyline here is the brain Puts the body into flexion when it thinks this is negative information, this is a threat, this is not good. Okay, so why is this important to know? Because now when the chiropractor adjusts the subluxation, we replace negative information with positive information because the way we do that is we're all automatically removing that physical distortion because we're making things move around better. But number two, we're starting to eliminate that that inflammation. So if we replace that negative information with positive information to the brain, now the brain can say, okay, I, there's no need for me to put the, the body into this flex position. I can straighten out again. But the other thing that starts to happen is we start to decrease inflammation in the body. And if you don't know this chronic inflammation has literally been linked to every chronic illness from heart disease to diabetes to right down the line so decreasing that overall central chronic inflammation is key to overall health and chiropractic has already been shown to do that and last but not least is we also decrease stress hormones into the body so by improving posture decreasing the inflammation and decreasing stress hormones we're having such a positive effect on overall health this has nothing to do if you're in pain. This has nothing to do with any of that stuff. If we have that negative information going to the brain and we change that with the chiropractic adjustment, we can produce positive global outcomes. And like we were talking, there's a lot of good research coming out now. Uh, I mean, one of our good friends, uh, Dr. Heidi Havoc, uh, she's coming up with research that, that has shown that every time we adjust the spine, regardless if a person is symptomatic or not, we increase activation of a place in our brain called the prefrontal cortex and for people who don't know what that is the prefrontal cortex is a a piece of the brain that is involved with executive functioning like thinking learning uh any type of problem solving stuff like that comes from the prefrontal cortex and we increase activation of that just by adjusting the spine Mm -hmm. so that's why i say we're learning now that we just didn't know before that every time you get adjusted we improve the functioning of certain aspects of the brain. And to me, that's the coolest thing in the world because like 40% of my practice is children. And I see a lot of little kids that are great little kids, but they might have some behavioral issues or they might have, you know, they can't concentrate at school or there's nothing. The biggest thing is I want to say to everyone is that one of the first things everybody wants to do is, oh, let's put this kid on a drug. Let's do this. Let's do that. And what I want parents to know is if we can just check these kids for some subluxations and allow their brains to work better their nervous systems to work better oftentimes these things correct themselves Mm. so that's what we're seeing a lot of and i mean i'm excited about it because like i said i'm a practicing chiropractor i love watching little kids walk into my office if they do have issues and a few weeks later we see gigantic changes in them simply by adjusting their spine and affecting their nervous system and brain
0: you know it's it's really funny doc i was on um I was on a podcast uh, about three weeks ago, as we're recording this one right now, um, right. with a, a couple of my friends. Uh, one of which uh, is a medical doctor. He's a brilliant guy. He studied at the University of Chicago and. Uh, He's an internist and he wanted to know, you know, what is this chiropractic thing? You know, he's asking me about vertebral subluxation. He's asking me about all this other stuff, you know, chiropractic concepts, historical concepts that you can find on Wikipedia, which are not, as you know, entirely accurate. Um, Right. And, you know, my definition of, you know, kind of what we do defaults back to exactly what you talked about. Right. We're we're essentially as chiropractors, we're undoing Uh, in a lot of ways, the stresses that come along with multiple uh, iterations of DNA replication that come from the onset of industrialization, right? Right. Um, It's it's an esoteric concept, but when parents bring their kids in to see me, as I'm sure they do with you, and there's a cognitive delay or there's some sort of super segmental problem, right, a brain-based problem, um, you know, the first question is, well, how does this whole thing work? Right? How does, right. how can chiropractic right. constantly help or uh, possibly help my kiddo? Because I saw over there that you helped little Johnny and her, his mom right. told you to, told me to bring, bring this kiddo in. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, the way that I, I tend to summarize all this, right, and this comes back to a lot of what Dr. Hall has talked about as well in, in his teachings, sure. but mm-hmm. flexion responses, as you talked about, is a primitive response, right? We are born right. into flexion. That's our fetal position. Right. And mm-hmm. over the course of our young lifetimes, within the first year or so, we have to learn to extend ourselves. Right? That's right. And so, one of the most important benchmarks I look at in children who are between, let's say, three and six months old is that they can lift their heads up and they can look from side to side. Exactly. Uh, that is a learned response. And it sends, as you talked about before, massive amounts of information to the cerebellum, which is the part of the brain that. Uh, controls balance and coordination and through other pathways uh, sends what we call feed forward information to the prefrontal cortex, which contributes to, as you described, executive function, critical thinking, personality. And so when I see a child who's 18 months old or 20 months old or 24 months old and they have an executive function problem or they have a balance and coordination problem or they have a, a personality issue the first thing I look for is their ability to be able to extend and scan and pan side to side. Um, If there is a subluxation or multiple subluxations that have been there since the birthing process, these children have missed all of those extension benchmarks, which lead to executive function. That's why it's so, so, so important that we check these kids right after birth, if you... Yeah, as early it. as
1: possible, as early as possible.
0: Right. I'd, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about, you know, the importance of that, you know, it, immediately after birth, because, you know, in my, my office, my policy is that when mom is under care with me during a pregnancy, we check the baby within at least three days at the very most. Right, uh, right. And in my office, uh, when moms are under care, it, it's a gift to my parents to check and adjust their, their babies uh, as soon as they're right. born. Um But, you know, I find that, You know, a lot of the time if I see a baby um, that's symptomatic, we get them at about the six to eight week mark, right? right? Moms realize, oh, you know what? They have been having a hard time feeding or they're really colicky or they're constipated or whatever, but they didn't notice any of this stuff until that point. I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit in terms of neurological development and see if we can come up with a consensus for moms to understand why it's so important.
1: For sure, I think you just hit it right on the head. I mean, a lot of times moms look at their baby when you know they just got born, and they think, "Hey, it's got a round head. It's it's uh, doesn't have. It's not yellow. It's it's not blue. Looks fine." Right, and and I don't blame parents for this because I mean, most of the healthcare professionals that they're talking to is like, yeah, everything looks okay, so you know, take little Johnny home, right? But what I really want to get across is something that you hit, which is which is um, very very important. This is complex neurology, but you said it in the most beautiful simplified way. Basically. When the information goes to the part of the brain for balance and posture, whatever, there's a mechanism that sends that information to the area of the brain that is responsible for things like behavior and things like thinking and cognitive, all the important stuff of life. Right. Why is that so important? Because oftentimes parents don't realize there's a problem until they see something in the kid's behavior that there's an issue. It's like, why does the kid scream all the time? Why does the kid throw toys at everybody? Why is he getting into fights every day? Why does he bite me when I go to do? That's a behavioral issue. So people pick up on that. But what people don't piece together is, oh, wait, that behavioral issue is actually there because the information going to the part of the brain that was for balance and coordination wasn't getting the proper information. So now it screwed up that last little step. So what's the baby's choice? I have to have bad behavior. I got to start to scream. I'm going to bite. I'm going to cry all the time. I'm going to do a behavior to let you know there's a real issue here, right? This is is a primitive
0: uh, fight or flight behavior, right? This is not a cognitive behavior. And so when you do things like behavior modification, yeah, it can be beneficial.
1: Official, but not without fixing the cause of the problem. Correct. Correct. Like I like to call that like an adjunctive therapy because you're not really getting to the root cause of issue of the issue, right? So, like I really, I really want to talk to my moms and dads out there and just really make them understand the earlier you can get your child to a chiropractor who's who's trained in pediatrics, the earlier they can see. Are there subluxations? Is there any negative information going to the brain? They can check that stuff right away because the great thing about kids is that they respond to care very quickly, they're much like I'm 43 years old. If I have a three week old in my office, they're responding to care like this. A 43 year old is going to take some time, right? But in, in children, that's that's why I love them so much because when you adjust them, you see changes so quickly. Right. And, and so that's why you really need to get them in to get checked and if necessary, get corrected as fast as possible. And I love your policy of having them in, as uh, uh, you know, three days uh, uh, maximum. That, that's fantastic. For me, I get them in as early as I possibly can. If my parents wanted me to go to the hospital while they were in there, I would do that, too. It, for me, the earlier, the better, because if we can if we can find that neurological issue early. We can nip it in the bud and we got nice, healthy brain functioning after that. And that helps the child tremendously as he grows.
0: Yeah, I, um, it, it's so, so, so important. And it be, Birthing is becoming more and more of a violent process, uh, you know, the longer that, uh, you know, I'm in practice. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, a couple of listeners of the podcast who had made some pretty constructive comments about how, you know, when we, we talk to other guests, we tend to put an emphasis on things that are wrong. Um, And to be fair, you know, in my practice, I tend to see pretty severe cases. Yeah, that's just kind of like what I see. But it Uh doesn't necessarily mean that, you know... A child has to have symptoms you know to be under right. chiropractic care uh, to the contrary right. um, chiropractic care is is kind of like ongoing evolutionary um, uh, uh, project I'd say with my children uh, just to make sure that you know everything is kind of working the way that it's supposed to because subluxation as you know is, is a habitual process right when something right. becomes misaligned or when something doesn't move in the spine the way that it's supposed to the body tends to kind of build a force field around it and And leave it alone. Now, over time, if that subluxation contributes to ongoing asymmetries in neurological input or tonal problems, it tends to snowball out of control. And so when I see adults, like you were talking about, you know, how when you see 40 and 50 year olds in your office, um, they tend to take a lot more time. It's because you're essentially undoing in some cases, 40 to 50 years worth of exactly. neurological habit, right? It's like, right, exactly. it's basically like learning how to speak a totally different language, um, after speaking right. English for 50 straight years, right? Exactly. hundred percent. Absolutely. Right. Except the only thing that's different is that a posture is mediated by the one part of your brain that never ever shuts off and that's your cerebellum. Right. <laughs> so right, 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 it right. becomes even more of a repetitive and an intensity based process. Um, Right. You know, uh, a lot of the kids that I've been seeing this year, you know, thank God, have been symptom-free. And it's been great because we put a huge emphasis in the community about making sure the kids are getting checked and they're and this is a regular checkup, right? I mean, I check my kids on a wellness interval every two weeks, uh, you know, yeah, for life. That's and great. These are the kids that... Uh, they tend to thrive. While it's not my job to diagnose or treat any specific conditions, we find in my practice that kids tend to get sick less often. They spend less time out of school. Uh, we tend to see less incidents, not 100%, but less incidents of things like ear infections and asthma right. and bronchitis and colic and you name it, right? Um, right. And that's, I think, kind of the point,
1: right? Right. Well, well, that's exactly right. And and the thing is, is I, I appreciate anybody giving constructive criticism and saying, you know, well... Uh, you know you're talking about the bad case and stuff and and that's true enough but the the I think it's also important that someone has to educate individuals that, um, the quote unquote normal procedures that are accepted to be normal now for a birthing process, there's nothing normal about them at all. Okay. Like, uh, they're, they're, you know, if you ask most women after they gave birth, most are in a hospital, most are induced, most are, you know, a C-section is often the case, uh, depending, especially where you're the area that you're from. And the thing is, is that these are not normal processes and, and they often will say oh this is totally normal but it isn't it's just very common and so we so you really have to educate our parents on that because oftentimes parents will say to me well, I had a normal birth so I don't see why my kid even has to get checked so I'll say okay perfect we'll talk about let's talk about the birth for a second and then they'll sit back and say oh well yeah I was in a hospital and I got induced and then I got an epidural and then I did this and then I did that everything that they talked about was a common practice but none of it was part of a normal birthing process for a human mm. right so I think it's important for us to educate people on that as well because they need to know why is it that their child struggle struggled to get out of the pelvic canal to get into this world? Why was it that, uh, you know, they caught their uh, clavicle, their collarbone on the pubic bone of the mother on the way out? Like there's a lot of things that happen that people consider, oh, well, it's totally normal. But that caused an issue for the child and oftentimes causes an issue for the mom as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So so, so we have to be able to educate on that, but I do want to touch on what you said at the end there, that you're seeing a lot of asymptomatic people. And and I think that is the whole point, right? Like we want to see kids Well, I mean, I'd rather see kids without symptoms. I want to see them as quickly as I can. And, and, and like you said, like my maintenance uh, plan for kids is every two weeks as well. And yes, I find the same uh, results that you're finding. And, you know, like I don't I don't ever say chiropractic cures asthma or cures colic or any of that kind of stuff either. What we do is check the spine correct anything that needs to be corrected and allow the nervous system to heal the body the way that it sees fit it's it's as simple as that and oftentimes that gets into better health so for my parents out there i really don't want you to please like do me a favor don't see chiropractic as okay this is something good if i had a traumatic pregnancy to go to a chiropractor i mean please do that but i don't want you to see chiropractic like that i want you to see chiropractic as another pillar that can help you stay healthy help your children stay healthy just like eating well you don't you, you want to eat well regardless if you're obese or not right like you don't want to wait till you're obese and say I guess I should start eating well now right like everybody should be eating well it's as simple as that sure you're going to cheat from time to time but if you did that 80% of the time you're that's a big pillar of health same with exercise same with thinking properly same with chiropractic they're all pillars of health that everyone should be incorporating in their day-to-day life to to improve health. So that's how I, I that's how I want people to really see chiropractic and chiropractic for kids, especially.
0: So let's let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Um, you know, as we talked about in our pre-chat, uh, I, I've been doing a lot of case management work with other docs who take care of kids this year. It's been one of my pet projects. And what I notice is that, you know, we're, we're starting to get new questions, especially from millennial parents about, um, you know, about, you know, what chiropractic can essentially do. Right. Because sure millennial parents uh, historically have wanted to be very actively involved in their healthcare decisions, more so than Gen Xers and Gen Yers. And I've been doing a bunch of research on this, so I I probably could speak a little bit more ad nauseum than I really should. But it's (laughs) fascinating because there's just so much change in the way that we communicate uh, with, uh, because I'm a millennial parent myself, with the way that we communicate with the rest of the world. Uh, When -hmm. people come into the office, you know, and they ask really pointed questions, they have access to technology now. So they go on, you know, Google and they go on Wikipedia and they go on WebMD and they self-diagnose and blah, 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 blah. Um, Right. But essentially what, what I think this is creating is this is creating somewhat of a sort of hypochondriac culture that is being uh, compounded by really this sort of fear-based approach, this paternalistic fear-based approach that we see in medicine, right? Like, you go to the doctor, something's always gonna be wrong, you give them a pill for this, you give them a pill for that, um, and it's it's a big deal, right? I mean, you and I know this, we see you know kids between six and eight weeks who have massive reflux problems, and the doctor right. automatically assumes that it's totally okay. You give them a pill, and they feel a little bit better. Meanwhile, we're totally wiping out their gut biome, and we're dropping right. their, I'm sorry, raising their their systemic ph and doing all this bad stuff um but it's we're essentially applying these old school medical tools uh, in a generation that is skeptical uh is fearful uh and it's a problem um, i also tell my patients that if, it, if being healthy was easy we'd all do it right yeah um, it's it's yeah. really really hard these days to be healthy it costs mm. more money It takes more time and energy and more preparation than it ever has in our lifetimes. And it's because we are so exposed to things that cause subluxation that uh, it just takes a lot of effort to undo it. Um, and so, I guess I guess what I'm what I'm talking about is that you know parents need to really know that that yeah I get it it is it is really tough all these questions that are asked that you're asking they're good questions right and they're not being answered traditionally at least in a wellness sense. By most of the people that we look to for answers, which are our pediatricians and our obstetricians. Um, So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about kind of how you see that playing out in your hometown in Canada. And uh, Mm -hmm. then we see if we can make a comparison to uh, the United States.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is, is you, you hit it on the head that millennials especially... Uh, know they have access to any information that they want right they can google things they can go on Wikipedia they can do whatever now the unfortunate problem is a lot of, a lot of that stuff is inaccurate and they just don't know and they just don't know right but uh, but they have access to information right they can get they can download an app that can get them like they can they do a lot of that stuff that my generation certainly did not do okay um, the, the, the I guess the problem is I love the questions like I love when someone's involved with their healthcare decision process, I really do. Uh, I, I guess I have an issue with if if um, if someone goes to let's say a medical doctor or another healthcare pr- practitioner and they ask them, they say something like, "Well, I'm you know I'm considering going to a chiropractor or I am seeing a chiropractor or whatever." I uh, my bigger issue is when that healthcare practitioner then says to, to the patient, "Oh, don't bother going to see a chiropractor." like to me that's very bothersome because they know nothing about chiropractic so how can they be making uh you know a decision for for the patient for them right so i have no problems with uh, uh millennials asking me questions and the benefits of chiropractic for them and their children stuff like that i would rather them ask me you know but uh, my issue comes more when someone else butts in and says uh, you know don't go see a chiropractor but and they have no reason to back that up mm-hmm. uh, that that that
0: well, let me, let me ask you this, John, because uh, mm-hmm. this, this this is definitely a common problem. I mean, as a chiropractor who is is very straight and narrow, um, I stay in my lane. Uh, I right. focus the core sure. of my practice on correcting vertebral subluxation and that's it. Um, but I, I find that there's a lot of misunderstanding for sure. And it doesn't help that we have a cross-generational misunderstanding between Millennials and right. Gen Xers, uh, medical doctors, chiropractors, you name it. It's like almost there's so many different potentials for just Misunderstanding that I think right. it's, it's problematic. Um, it, chiropractic uh, has been plagued uh, in in past years with. Um, a a lack of of good research to kind of help our medical colleagues understand better about what we do. Um, I reach out to all of my OBs, all of my all-day healthcare workers, including midwives and doulas. I reach out to all of my pediatricians, and I work very closely with some of these these folks. Um, The ones that I tend to get along with really well are the ones who respect patient choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because they understand that uh, if a patient is not uh, really interested in... um, you know, going the medical route, uh, there are alternatives for them. Um, and right. that's a humility issue. That's, that's not right. a scientific oh, for sure. issue. Uh, for and so sure. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, if, if we have patients who are listening parents, you know, and they want to bring their child to see a chiropractor, um, What do you think some good sort of like starting questions would be, Uh, maybe ways that they can broach it with a pediatrician in a way that, you know, they can start a dialogue, Um, take home Hmm. messages uh, for them to maybe kind of find the right chiropractor and then go through that type of care that you and I provide?
1: For sure. Well, first and foremost, I, I mean, for a parent out there, I would just talk to the chiropractor and say, what type of care will you be providing for my child? Like, what will you be doing? And, you know, hopefully they're saying I'm going to be detecting and correcting vertebral subluxations on the child. That's what I hope they say. But you, you want to figure out what are they going to do? Right. First and foremost. Uh, number two, uh, another question is I would sit back and say, like, what what benefit will this be to my child? Like when you adjust them, what does this do? Right. Like uh, I want my fellow chiropractors to be uh, much more on the ball with what we are doing to the nervous system and what we are doing to brain health so that they can not only explain it to their, their parents, but they could have a discussion with another healthcare practitioner or, or whoever. The one thing that I, I like in my own clinic is sometimes my patients will forget what I say to them. But if they go to their other healthcare provider, they're like, "Yo, know, just can you call Dr. John and have a discussion with them. And I always welcome that. I want people to talk to me. I want people to, to ask questions of why is a five-year-old getting adjusted by you? Can you explain that? I'm, I never take that personally. I say, great, let's have a conversation. Not, not a problem at all, right? So if I was a parent out there, I would ask, number one, what are you going to do to my child? Number two, how does this help the o- overall health? And number three, if you are having any concerns with like, you know, would you be able to work with another healthcare provider or any of that kind of stuff? See if they are open. Like I'm saying, like, look, will they talk to Another practitioner, uh, or they just closed in, or they're not going to talk to anybody. You'll know right away if you have a good feeling, right? And and that's really it. Like you have to just have a good feeling with the person that you're that you're dealing with. If you don't have a good feeling, I would find another chiropractor. But if you do have a good feeling, then then uh, go ahead and start care.
0: You know, apropos to what you and I have talked about, John, with regards to the 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 emerging research base. In, mm-hmm. in sort of brain-based uh, applications for chiropractic care, right? Right. Um, I know there's a lot of chiropractors who kind of disagree with the way that the research agenda is going, but honestly, you know, as a scientist first, I'm looking at this going, well, this is fascinating, and it certainly explains a lot of what exactly. we see, uh, what we've seen for over 100 years with regards to chiropractic care. Um, for sure. I mean, even, I got to tell you, man, one of the craziest cases I've ever seen, this will totally melt your brain. I don't know if I've told you this story <sighs> or not, but I had a kiddo that came in uh, who was geez, uh, maybe about three months old at the time, uh, he was diagnosed with agenesis of the corpus callosum. Oh, jeez. And uh, this kiddo had just zero tone on the left side of his body. Uh, no movement in his arm, no movement in his leg. He was stuck in a flexion position, almost as if he'd had a stroke, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We call it a stroke antalgia, right? I don't know if you can have an okay. antalgia if you're a three-month-old, but you get my point. Right. It's the same posture. And uh, you know Mom brings him in and, and says, okay, well, you know I had a friend who had you know a child to you and you know said he you did some good things. So um, I did, a lot of neurological work with him. Um, I, I have some training in chiropractic neurology and so I do, uh, some, some diagnostic testing in my clinic that is, is not typical. Um, we measure all the primitives obviously, which is standard of care. I think in most pediatric offices we measure posture, we measure coordination, we measure all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm looking at him going, okay, well agenesis, right? Like this, this means that this baby has no crosstalk between the right and left sides of the brain. Right. Um, are we going to get any tone back in the arm? Uh, probably not, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, this is one of these kids that, you know, just to make sure that we weren't overdoing anything, I was checking him, uh, about two or three times a day for a little while, just putting <coughs> small doses of input into the nervous system, correcting vertebral subluxations very slowly just to see what we <coughs> got. And I got to tell you, man, uh, this is a case that I got on my burner that I want to publish. Um, we get about three, four months in and this kiddo starts getting toned in his left side of his body and talk about plasticity. Right. And, you know, honestly, like, I don't know if I can take credit for this. I would like to think that maybe chiropractic played a small role because he was doing occupational therapy and a bunch of other things as well. But this is a Mm -hmm. case where all of his doctors essentially said, uh, yeah, he's, he's done. Like there's nothing that we can be, that we can do for him. Right. Um, I think, you know, going back to what we talked about with regards to choosing a chiropractor, um, seeing seeing a chiropractor who does what I do isn't necessarily that important. However, seeing a chiropractor who uses neurological metrics to determine improvement uh, is, I think, vitally important, knowing what we know now. That means doctors who are checking reflexes, doctors who are checking neurological (laughs) concomitants of posture, uh, checking balance, checking coordination. All that stuff is super duper important because... Subluxations can affect those things in a
1: negative way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing, and if you don't check them how are you supposed to know if they're getting affected?
0: Yeah, totally. And, and that's something really? that's so important too, because I gotta tell you, you know, with the type of work that I do with especially really sick kids, um, symptomatically they may tank at first, right? Right, and right, right, right. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're not getting improvement as long as we're measuring those objectives. And so when I tell parents, uh, you know, we're gonna be doing this thing really slow, we're gonna be working on things and making sure that those neurological objectives are improving, um right. make sure that you're not really focused on the symptoms right off the bat eventually um we may get improvement but
1: the buck stops with the objectives
0: right It starts right. with the testing
1: well for sure and the thing is like you can't it's um very important to to check all those objectives because listen you can't blame a parent either because if all your if you don't check any of that stuff and all you're looking at is their symptoms if their symptoms get worse how can you blame a parent for thinking things are getting worse right like if that's the only objective however if you are checking tone if you are checking balance if you are checking checking reflexes and those are improving then even if the symptoms decrease uh, or you know um, get worse for a little bit you can say okay i know that the symptoms are getting worse but look at all these other neurological tests we actually are on the right path this is just being becoming more symptomatic right now but that will subside over time but again you have to know a little neurology to to do this stuff right so that's why i really for my chiropractors that are out there please take the time to get to those seminars to to really learn this information especially if you're seeing kids but you should just know this information anyway right and implement it into the clinic you know so for my parents out there uh, especially for with kids if uh, if you are going to a chiropractor and they are implementing these types of things it's, it's based on the nervous system based on the brain that's that's what you want to be at
0: Uh, (coughs) excuse me. Yeah. And, and that's, that's such good advice. Uh, I I think uh, my generation, especially, we're starting to get wise to this. So that's why we value, (coughs) you know, your mentorship, John, because this, this paradigm, this this evolving paradigm is, you know, my mentor, Dr. Steve Hoffman calls it chiropractic 3.0. You know, it's, it can't be ignored. We cannot ignore the fact that this, this research is steering us in a direction that still is honoring the traditional chiropractic philosophy, but has implications for care that are just well beyond things like neck and back pain. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. God bless the chiropractors who take care of bad backs because I don't want to do it. Um, (laughs) But, but there, there are a lot of things that, uh, that chiropractic care is, is showing, um, that it, that it can do. Um, the research is by no means comprehensive. We have a long way to go. Um, Dr. Heidi in uh, New Zealand is certainly doing sure. some pretty amazing things sure. out there. Uh, the and pre- at least it's a start. Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. Like, at least it's a
1: start. That's the one thing that for, for my colleagues out there that may be listening, they're like, oh, but the research isn't comprehensive yet. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Totally. But we have to start somewhere. You know what I mean? You have to start at the beginning. Like, you, you can't, you know, like, that's the big thing, right? Like, and here's Heidi... Uh, You know, one researcher, not like she's got unlimited funds here, like, you know, she's doing the best with what she has. So at least it's pointing us in the right direction so that we can focus, uh, focus more on what's happening to the brain. I think it's very positive to to go in that direction, you know, so. I
0: totally agree with you there. I, I I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by the study models because she's a mad scientist, man. Where does she even oh. like come up with an IRB to like do some of the studies that she's doing? Uh, I have no idea. But you know, it's funny because it's it's it, more than anything, it's it's validating what we all know. But it's also it's it's steering us as practitioners in a direction that's going to help more and more kids as we see uh, kids becoming sicker and sicker. Right. Um, so, Doctor John, um, thank you very much for offering. My that pleasure. Time. I'm uh, I'm really glad that we were able to get you back on the blower. I uh, <laughs> I have to tell all of our listeners that we tried to do this the first time, and uh, you know it, the audio quality was just it was not great, but there was so much gold in there. So the ability, uh, uh, Doctor John, to sit through another you know half an hour or so of this uh, is uh, my pleasure. Really important. My pleasure, really. Um, my it, pleasure. I just want I
1: just want kids to get under chiropractic care. You know, so my pleasure.
0: Hey, Doc, uh, where uh, where can we reach you? Um, where can we get a hold of you?
1: Uh, best website is minorityeducation.com. And uh, if you ever need to contact me personally, just hit the contact button and the information comes directly to me. But minorityeducation.com is the best uh, best route.
0: And Doc, do you happen to know off the top of your head uh, where you're going to be uh, in the winter uh, of 2017, 2018, where you're going to be teaching? I know you're going to be doing a ton of dates with the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association, but do you have any specific uh, times? location?
1: Um, Not off the top of my head, unfortunately, but like if you did go to the International Chiropractic Pediatrics Association's website and clicked on my name, uh, all of the dates would be listed there for what I teach with those guys. And then I have some independent stuff as well, but uh, not off the top of my head, unfortunately.
0: Okay, guys, I I will tell you, because I have a lot of docs that I consult with who ask me, say, where should I start with ICPA? You know, I want to be trained. I want to take care of kids. I want to raise my game. Um, And there's a couple names that I drop and yours is at the top of the list. Uh, Dr. John. So if you're a student or you're a practicing doc and you are listening to this, um, get to Dr. John's uh, Thompson course and his uh, neurology of the vertebral subluxation course. It's just incredible stuff. And it's uh, required, in my opinion, for uh, taking care of children. So uh, Dr. John, thank you so much for your time. Um, If you guys are listening to this and you like our content, by all means, please share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram uh, with the hashtag normalize chiropractic. Um, this stuff is super duper important I want you to share it with your skeptical neighbors I want you to share it with your friends I want you to share it with your mom's groups Uh, if we can get the word out and start providing access to this type of care for kids uh, we are going to save humanity so thank you so much guys welcome to season 2 I can't wait for the remainder of these episodes to drop Uh, talk to you guys soon Bye.
1: thank you